Well, happy new year, cousin. What's up? Happy new year. Don't know why I'm saying it like that, but happy new year. <laughs> 2022. I can barely say it. It's almost like a tongue twister. 2022. I know. It's all like the twos and 22. <laughs> I don't know if I like it. I normally like alliteration, but I don't know. The last couple of years have been so weird. I, I don't want to tempt the, the, I don't want to anger the gods or poke the universe. <laughs> like everybody just kind of chill out and say, no, no, it's great. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a nice year. But you know how, when we went from 19 to 20, everyone was like, Oh, it's the roaring 20s again. This is going to be our decade. This is going to be our year. And like myself, so many of my friends were turning 40 that year. I turned 40 at the beginning of the of the year before the pandemic and pretty sure that I caused it. And, you know, and everybody was just, I was going to open a business. Everybody was like, this is going to be my year. And, and, and God went, ha. <laughs> I know. That, yeah. I know. How are you? How are you on this? Uh, what are we in the third or fourth day of the year? Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm kind of hopeful that like I like the number four, so I'm kind of mm -hmm. hoping, you know, I'm I'm ignoring the twenty. I'm just going with the twenty-two. So I'm thinking two and two is four. Uh, <laughs> so I'm kind of hopeful. That, there you go. Yeah. So you know, maybe it's yeah, and and I think look, I, I'm I'm really thinking that this year. You know, I think things will flow and move uh, better this year. I think then oh, they have to go up, don't they? I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, it's I think been absolutely dreadful the last two years. It, not only have they flown like what? what? What has happened here? But they've been kind of well shit. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you and I have both had some some nice things happen in the last year specifically. Yeah. Uh, but overall, it's kind of been shit. I mean, even even people, friends of mine who have had babies or gotten married or bought homes or, or you know, had something great happen in their career. Uh, it's, it's still been kind of with a background of shit. Well, I think, you know, the, I mean, I'm sure the pandemic really has a lot to answer for. I mean, I understand, you know, for some people, um, it affects them more you know, financially than others. Um, but, you know, even even if it didn't affect you in that kind of fashion, you know, I still think like from a mental point of view, it's, it's always kind of bubbling in the background. There's always this kind of level of like, uh, there must be a level of like fear or unknown around it. You know, is it going to be harmful? Is it not? Do we do the vaccine? Do we not? So I think that's sitting constantly bubbling in the background, even if you're not paying major attention to it. It's got to be happening yeah. on everybody, you know. And well, of uh, course, people are fatigued because that constant unknown. Now, granted, life is full of unknowns, but that constant narrative, yeah. like you said, bubbling away in the background. That constant, it's like a computer program. It's like a, you know, it's like something constantly running in the background that you just can't get away from, whether it's the media or social media or people talking about it or people coming down with it. And it's just nonstop. So it's, you know, this year in particular, I was really dreading the holidays um, because it was the first, first Christmas without my dad and his birthday is also the beginning of December. So it's just been like a month long kind of cry fest for me. Also in the midst of having one of the most beautiful Christmases I think I've ever had, certainly one of the better ones in the last few years. And, you know, that's down to a handful of people, one of them being my darling cousin, the one that lives in Wicklow. Do you know her? 
Uh, <laughs> she's got a big mouth on her. <laughs> that bitch, that bitch. Um, down to yourself and my uh, sweetheart and his whole family, even his ex-wife, who is absolutely a tremendous, become a, a great friend. And just loads of people being really loving towards me with it being my first Christmas without my dad and, and having like the lovely aspect of Sean and I being able to blend our families, having our first Christmas together, our first Christmas with the kids, the four kids get on great. So there was a lot to look forward to. And everybody, I think, around me kind of knew to keep me busy and keep me distracted, and which worked. And I tried, you know, I, I got back up on stage doing stand-up for the first time since before the pandemic. Uh, I don't know how smart it was for me to go up three days after my dad's birthday. That was a little rough. I was like in a very dark place, but at least look, I did it. I got it over with. Of course, all my subsequent comedy dates have been postponed now because the Omicron variant has, am I saying that right? Is it Omicron? Omicron? I don't know. Anyway, the COVID. It's the Rona. It's the Rona. It's still season shit two years later. And you know, I'm just, I'm sick of it. So now, like, would you say, Jody, that every year, how, how have the last few Christmases been for you? Like, have you been looking forward to them? Have they kind of been a drain more than usual? And like, do you ever, do you ever get the post-holiday blues? Well, I've always absolutely loved Christmas. And, you know, I think there was, let's say, I think there was a lot of Christmases that um, I've always enjoyed it. So I want to, I want to put the right spin on this, you know, but I think that things can change Christmases, make them feel different, you know, those type of things. And so, you know, I have to say, um, I was the most looking forward to this Christmas uh, in a long time. And I'm not, I don't want to take away from the others because my children, you know, have always made, Christmas for me because that's what it's about and family and things like that but I was really looking forward to this Christmas and and I ha- and it has felt very different and I I genuinely had a lovely Christmas now there are things that you know halted some of those things that normally would go on because it's like with this whole pandemic you know you know you don't know should I be going to this one's house should they be coming into mine so the usual kind of um trundling around and seeing rallies or, or friends and things of like that just didn't happen. So, you know, that was a little bit empty um, for me, a little bit, you know, in, when I think, you know, versus, let's say, previous Christmases. Um, but apart from that, no, I, overall, you know, I was super organized um, this year for the first time ever, because I'm usually never. And, um, and no, I have to say, I, I, did, I got to do some really yeah. things this year you know, that that just made it really sort of special and very personal for me. And uh, it made me very hopeful, um, you know, for going into to this year. Um, as for post-Christmas blues, yeah, I think I would imagine, I mean, I'd love to do the stats on this, but I would imagine a lot of people um, do get that. It's a bit like post-holiday. And it's ridiculous to say because, you know, obviously, if you've just had a two-week holiday somewhere fancy-smancy, I mean, it's, it, it almost feels selfish to come back going, I feel depressed when you've got homeless people and, you know, people in far worse, you know, situations. Right, right. But yet we feel it. And so I think with Christmas, you know, it's such a build-up. You're, 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 you know, you're under pressure to have everything right and do everything. And, 
and then all of a sudden it's upon you and and maybe even just the hustle and bustle of that it, there's something very you know kind of comforting in that and so then when that kind of stops you kind of go hang on what's you know like often brides talk about this like post wedding blues as well it's because there's such a build up and you're just go 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 and then all of a sudden it's just mm. finished and it's over it's over yeah i think also christmas creates a bit of a bubble as well you know it's almost like all your worries and woes disappear or even just normal you know day to day sort of you know difficulties of life just kind of seem to disappear around food and family and movies and it's almost like you kind of get to cocoon yourself in this kind of false um, bubble. And then, you know, I suppose once Christmas ends, you're kind of back into your sort of reality. And um, maybe that can have an effect on people. What about yourself? What do you think? How was your... Well, I think, I, I, well, I think that I think that the energy around Christmas, it can be so draining, but it can be like anything, like like. Almost, you can almost compare it to exercise, the kind of buildup mentally that you do for certain things in life, whether it's a job interview or an audition or a wedding or a new baby or a holiday, taking a holiday or a big holiday like Christmas or something like that, or a big birthday. You can get very energized in the planning and the looking forward to and the and but also that things can be very draining, I think, especially as we get older. Nobody I knew really not none of my friends i hate to say nobody really that i was talking to this year was actually looking forward to christmas i think i said this to sean that i think that the only people that i really knew i i probably knew about six adults and maybe all the kids but everybody else that i was talking to nobody was feeling it this year nobody had any real christmas spirit people that wanted like let's say you know i would know a lot of americans that live in ireland and, uh, you know, the whole immigrant spin on it that, you know, the ones that were staying were missing their family, maybe in the U.S., the ones that were going had to deal with the the schlepping through the airports and the trauma, the stress levels. That I can't even imagine, uh, you know, of packed airports with people wearing masks with the coronavirus raging, having to get tests, having to show up to the airport, you know, however many hours earlier than normal. And yeah. wait in queues and just the whole rigmarole. So like people that were traveling, it was worse than ever. People who were staying home, it was worse than ever. Because you sit there and you go, two years ago, we were told two weeks to flatten the curve. And we kind of, you know, knew that we had to do things. And we went through lockdowns. And even Christmas of 2020 didn't seem as hard or as depressing as 21. Simply because, you know, the, the hope and anticipation that everyone had going into the year 2020. And then we got sidelined with this pandemic you know we did everybody did what they needed to do d throughout 2020 and we saw things get better and at Christmas last year everyone was pretty hopeful and things didn't seem quite so bleak you go into 21 and then it was just an immediate shit show things were weird across the board uh the whole practical revolution the storming of the capital of the United States I mean that just for me personally being American kind of set the tone of insanity for the year that was 2021. And while I had a lovely thing happen to me, and I did, I'll absolutely, I mean, you know, I've, I've told, you know, many people, I've met the absolute love of my life. He's just the greatest thing since sliced bread. Such a nice guy, such a nice family. And they were kind of like him, especially his children, all of it were like the one bright spot, really, in 
my year. And of course, again, not to like discount family and friends and my children, those those things are there. This was a kind of quite unexpected and really lovely surprise that was lovely to have in probably what was one of the shittiest years of my life because, and it was a shitty year for everybody, but of course, obviously I suffered a parental loss. People I know, friends who've also, there's been a lot of loss this year. I suppose like there is every year, but we maybe feel it more because it's with the backdrop of this nonstop pandemic and people are just so sick of it. So nobody that I really knew was looking forward to Christmas. And that's how it, I, I kind of felt the last few years that my dad was in nursing home for Christmas. It was really a downer for me because he and I always loved Christmas. He always made it extraordinarily special for me when I was growing up. And Christmas is for kids, but I'm a giant kid. And I, you know, I love doing it up for my children. So like last year, I'm going to your house. Um, I think we recorded our first drunken podcast, the Christmas of 2020. We had a blast. You know, it's it's good to be able to lean on other people, family, friends as support. But when everybody is in this place of what is it like a societal depression and anxiety and again, fatigue, you, you know, you just, you get to a point where nobody has any energy left. Nobody has any, their batteries are dead. Nobody has anything to give. You want to be there for your friends and your family, but you can barely be there for yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people were feeling this year. And so now I had this lovely Christmas, right? And it was really good to focus on something nice because I knew I was going to be grieving. Uh, still didn't expect to grieve like I did. I think my Christmas cry count over my daddy was like, I think I might've cried eight times. <laughs> I think you only got one Jody. You only got one session. I don't even think I really bawled just a few tears, you know, and then my son turned 17 on the 23rd of December, which was, it was moving in a different way. It was overwhelming. You know, he's almost a man. It was sad in a different way. So I just started crying this Christmas and I didn't stop. Like, I don't know. I don't think I cried at New Year's. But, you know, it's just I have felt since the last couple of days, like I had a lovely New Year's weekend again with my family and with my kids and my boyfriend and his family. And I suppose the go, go, go of it all keeps you so busy and distracted that you don't really maybe tap into your emotions. Um, the only emotion I felt was, you know, either grief or a bit of happiness, a little bit of drunky, you know, a little bit drunky monkey, but, um, not too much actually. Um, but then in the last few days, the, I suppose everybody does get kind of the January blues, you know, you hear about that every year, like even retail shopping, stuff like that, restaurants, bars, everybody sees always a dip in business in January. It's a very cold month. It's a very bleak month and not a lot is going on, not a lot to look forward to. And I th suppose, you know, I do know that January blues exist and I've, I've felt them before, but I've never felt them this early into the new year and this dramatically. I have had a sharp decline in my mood uh, in the last couple of days. And you're sitting there going, counting all your blessings, all the wonderful people you have in your life and your health and a roof over your head. And I don't know about you, Jody, but I tend to give myself a very hard time when, and I know that it's not correct or warranted, but I tend to give myself a very hard time 
when I feel low. And I know that that's ridiculous because I wouldn't expect anyone else. If, if, if you said to me, Jody, oh, yeah, you know, I'm feeling really blue and I feel bad about it or I feel guilty. I, I, you know, I would I'd give you a pep talk or I'd say, don't be ridiculous. Or I'd read you the riot act and say, no, 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 honey, you have a, a right to feel your emotions. But when it's me, I give myself a terrible time. So this year, the January blues have kind of hit me. They've kind of come on strong, hard, fast, early. And I'm just sitting here the last couple of days going, oh, oh, well, all right then. You know, like it's just, what about you? Have you been in the last few days? How have you been specifically since New Year's Eve, let's say? Well, the first thing I want to say is I want to come back to for a minute about this. He's the best thing since sliced bread. Now, <laughs> what sliced bread? Are we talking like a batch bread or a sourdough? Bread? Sourdough. Or- it's like it's healthy. It's good for you. It's filling. Oh God, this is taking a turn. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> dirty bitch. Because um, that's what I hey. can do. bread. What kind of bread? What kind of best slice bread is he? <laughs> is he lathered with a thick slice of, of butter? Is he toasted? You are a filthy, filthy woman. Do you know that? You're, there's something wrong with you, madam. I thought I was bad. You're even worse. <laughs> let's just objectify my boyfriend on oh yeah on podcast in front of our in front of our 13 listeners <laughs> no that's not true we have we have more than 13 although i do i i do want to tell our 38 listeners that one girl in the uk we're her top podcast for oh, that's right yeah that's right <laughs> um but no, back to like the, the blues. I mean, I think, you know, look, I really think it's very normal. And, you know, like I've been talking to people over the last sort of few days about, you know, just kind of missing what it was like, you know, pre-pandemic. You know, it's yeah. yeah, it's just so interesting how, you know, I know we all take everything for granted and it's only till something, you know, happens that you can maybe truly appreciate what you did have. And I think that's quite common. I think across the board with kind of, you know, with let's say most things, but, you know, I suppose because we never lived a pandemic before and, you know, it's, I really miss just the, even just the psychological freedom that we had, you know, do I really care that I'm not getting to go to the cinema? No, but I, but I miss the freedom of being able to go or, you know, I was talking to somebody um, a couple of weeks back there and you know, their teenage son wanted to hang out with a buddy of his and his friend. I mean, they're only these kids are 14 or 15 or some of that. And so, the, the you know, this this other child was not allowed to hang around with her child because he wasn't vaccinated. Oh. And, you know, there's all of kind of that. And even if you don't, you know, play into anything in life, when you're faced with that, it, it, you know, it's got to go somewhere. And I just think there's just this kind of, you know, constant cloud of sort of nervousness around it, because it's like, you know, I'm not particularly concerned about the COVID. Um, I feel like in life that, you know, lots of things could get us. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to be governed by it. Uh, but then, you know, but but then you have, on the other hand, of course, you don't really want to get it. You certainly don't want to get it and pass it on to somebody. You know, you, it, it's just so I think that's coming into, 
you know, January and February, you know, are always tough months. I mean, the weather is just, you know, it really turns very quickly as we've noticed even today. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of a bleak, there are kind of a bleak couple of months really. And certainly January, I think anyway. And um, yeah, I, I think I could suffice it to say, I think most people would have a touch of those sort of January blues and, you know, and yeah, and just taking down of the decorations and, you know, and, you know, as you said, the hope that we had last year that it would be over with by this year. And yes, yeah, realistically, yeah. We, we probably are going to be this time next year before we're really past it, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and still that's hopeful. And I mean, I carry a box of antigen tests, like, you know, we carried condoms in our purse when we were kid, like young, you know, like I, I, I seriously, I have a giant box of my purse, but, <laughs> but actually, what now? I never carry condoms in my purse, but I would tell you, it's very interesting. Actually. I mean, no, you I, put them in your bra. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to touch wood somewhere because I'm probably going to jinx myself. But I have this far actually escaped having to get nose rate, uh, getting, a, a, you know, a PCR test. And I'm sure I probably had COVID several times over. If it's that contagious, I probably must have done unbeknownst to me. But I've never That's had amazing to- that you've not had to do it yet. That's great. No. No, and I'm t- and I've got my finger on a wooden chair at the moment, just to not, you know. I but- have had two or three. I want to say I can't remember. Um, but look, I- I'll do the antigen tests all day long so that I well, don't have to do a PCR. Well, that's quite interesting. I didn't have any of those in the house either, and it was just I think it was the week or two weeks before Christmas. No, it was the week before, and I happened to be in Aldi, and I was shopping. And they had the, well, I didn't realize actually, I just thought they had like a two pack or something, or mm. I don't know if it was a one pack. I can't remember. But anyway, I ended up picking up two of them, but actually what I picked up was two packs of five. So I've actually got 10. In the but it's really interesting. Actually, I have not had to use them yet, but I just thought I better, I don't have know them. what made me think of it. I just can't thought, or maybe it'd be as well just to have them just in case. I think it was more thinking over Christmas and yeah. It's just what I did because seemingly they're just sold out. I mean, you can't get them anywhere now. I mean, well, but look, if you have the antigen tests at home, at least you've got that. You can't get in for a PCR. So if you come, if you start with symptoms, let's say, or somebody says, you know, the person that you were right next to yesterday has got it, has got a positive test and you know, you've got symptoms. And we, you do want to know because you need to know because you're going to have to self-isolate, et cetera, et cetera. If you have people in the home that have, um, you know, underlying health conditions, you really need to know. So yeah. it's just, it's, it's the fact that there's just a huge level of frustration across the board. People can't get in for PCR, to, at least in Ireland, we're booked out. I don't know how the situation is exactly in the United States or in Australia, Canada, the rest of the world, how they're doing with PCR tests. But here it's become an absolute shit show. You can't get one if you need one. So it's kind of like you're better looking at it than looking for it so i have my extra i have my box of antigen tests we've taken quite a few here in this house just to be not because anyone's really had symptoms but just because we've been close contacts and i'm going you know and that's i kept my kids out of school the last two and a half days uh before the holidays because that previous week both my kids had been like super close contacts to some kid that had tested positive and i thought you know what 
I'm going to be on the safe side. I did antigen test after antigen test. And then on the Sunday night, I thought, no, I'm not taking the chance because look this year, their kids, these kids lost their grandfather. They were so looking forward to, you know, going to uh, my boyfriends for Christmas, going to see you and your kids. I couldn't take the chance that I wouldn't risk it, that I was going to send my kids in for what the last two and a half days before Christmas. What did they do? They don't, they're done with their, you know, exams. They're partying. They're yes. making Christmas decorations and they're chilling and they're hanging out and that's all great and needed. But I was like, I talked to the kids and I was like, look, it'll just cut our risk that much more if I just extend your holidays by two days. And because I thought to myself with knowing our luck, they would get it the day before school lets out, you know, and then Christmas is ruined. And we were all so looking forward to it that I was like, no, no, not worth it. So now, I mean, not trying to be funny, if they were going to get it, I would prefer they get it now than, you know, a couple days before Christmas. Uh, of course, I don't want anyone to get it at all, but it's it's looking like it's an inevitability. And you know that I think I'm certain uh, I had COVID in the end of 2019. I, think I was sick way, as a dog. I think the way that it's going at the moment with this one seems to be like less lethal, but more contagious. I would yeah. imagine that anyone that hasn't had it or hadn't hasn't had it recently is going to get it. So I would imagine I'm very open to the fact that I'm probably very likely uh, to get it now. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think maybe it's just no harm. I mean, it's like any virus, like from what I can see. And, I, you know, it seems that it's just getting weaker and weaker. And, yeah. you know, I, I would imagine really that it's going to be like anything. It's always going to be there, but it'll just be so weak and have next to no impact. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that's the way it's going to go. Um, but you know, I suppose time will tell, won't it? You know, so what are you going to do to try and lift your spirits now with your post Christmas blues? I was just going to ask you the same question. That's so funny when we have our little moments of telepathy. I, uh, well, you know, I think back to stuff I read, you know, um, it's a, it's a, I believe it's a data, Danish concept. Um, it's something called Huga, uh, H Y G G E. And I think I've talked to you about this before. It's um, in the cold winter months in, in a lot of the Nordic countries. I, I forget where it originated. I want to say Denmark, but I don't think that's right. It might've been Switzerland. No, not Switzerland, uh, Sweden, or, but I, I would say that quite a few of those countries that get very little light in the winter time, uh, kind of have adopted this uh, and it's 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 basically like going out of your way to really it's almost like a culture of coziness this huga and I was saying it wrong for the longest time I was but it is actually huga I had I googled it and it's basically just it's it's kind of self-care elevated to an art form you know and uh, all the Nordic types are are very they've been doing it for a long time and it's all about like cozy clothing and nice textures nice lighting in your home candlelight roaring fire spending quality time with the family um engaging in arts and crafts maybe games reading cozy stuff things that we you know we do tend to do uh you know throughout the year and we but oftentimes people get so busy and so hectic that they put all of those kind of pleasurable activities they push them off to the side and huga it's kind of like making it's a priority self making 
self-care a priority during the cold winter, bleak, dark months that seem to drag on and on and on. And it's, it is for like your emotional well-being and, and mental health and, and kind of fortitude, you know, kind of like putting, what's that saying that you can't pour from an empty cup? So it's kind of like you're refilling your cup with, with yeah. the practice of yoga. And it's just really anything that makes you feel happy, cozy, warm, etc. So I suppose, and I, I started kind of doing it today. I went on a long walk with a lovely friend. We went, you know, from her house down through fields and to the beach and got fresh air, had a chat, we had a gripe, you know, that's always. But that's one thing is that sometimes when I do get to feeling low and, and there are different kinds of like depression and, and moods that people go through. I mean, there's, there's actual real dep- depression and I shouldn't, I shouldn't say real, but there's actual depression that can't maybe be tweaked by lifestyle, et cetera, you know, that's chemical. And then there's seasonal depression. And then there's, you know, after, after a loss, there's the kind of grieving, et cetera. So I just think that I, I don't, I don't like to talk about it too much with people because I don't want to be a burden. And I know that that's nonsense and it's the opposite of what we should do. So I have started upping my amount of writing that I'm doing throughout the day. I'm writing a lot more. Um, I was tweaking. I was working on some comedy stuff, but they took my dates. So I'm just like, oh, I'm going to put that down because now I'm depressed about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'd say exercise, priority, yeah. prioritizing getting fresh air and movement, uh, sleep, prioritizing sleep, doing whatever I can to sleep through the night, uh, eating really good, fresh foods, lots of green veg and soups, cozy stuff, things that really taste good. Um, trying to really look after yourself. I'm drinking lots of green tea, lots of peppermint tea, my water. Um, what else? Uh, the occasional decaf Irish coffee with a little, little bit of booze, you know, um, <laughs> you know, just a little bit of that kind of snuggling with a loved one. If you have a pet, snuggle with them, snuggle your children, read a good book, take a bubble bath. I've been taking lots and lots of bubble baths. The other day I was like, I can't get out. <laughs> I just, I'm no, no, it's like you know, like have you ever been in the bath that long that you like empty the water and refill it with hot water so you can kind of cook yourself again, like yeah. a little boiled chicken? Have you oh, not I've been there? Uh, I don't know. Do you know what it is? I I love a bath, and I but I think I love more of the idea of the bath because you know I love like I'll run it and I'll put lovely stuff in and I'll have candles everywhere and then I get in and within five minutes I'm like I'm bored now. <laughs> you know what I used to do the exact same thing I used to get fed up I'd get yeah. I'd so look forward to bath I'd get in it and I'd go it's a lot yeah. of work sitting here in it <laughs> but yeah. you know what Jody you can train yourself I've um, trained yeah. myself yep yep I trained myself I'm like a free diver in the bathtub <laughs> I have trained myself to stay in it and well, really yeah, I, I think maybe I need to work on that. But my, my thing for this year actually is that I have currently an 11 year old and a nine year old boy whooping, whooping my ass in chess. Now, I mm. used chess when I was a kid. Uh, I'm not sure if I was good at it, 
but I definitely used to play it and I have my own chessboard from that time. So I have it since I was like 10, 11. I still have it. And my determination is to relearn how to play it, to not be bet by an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. Um, See, that's great. That's another way to get out of a funk is you get set, yeah. set a goal. And also, like, you know, like, obviously I have, like, uh, you know, like a dream idea of how I'd like to live. And I think it's been it's been kind of manifesting for quite a few years now. And it's really kind of upping its ante lately. And ante, is that the right word? No. What's the word? I can't think. Anyway. And Sorry, you caught me drinking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's take what you were talking. I was like... I'm very thirsty. I'll take a big old swig of water. Oh. I mean, sorry, you got me. It was mid trachea, and I nearly, I nearly lost well, it and choked. Well, my, my yeah. other, other idea it's is ante, upping the ante. It's a po poker yeah, term. Say, upping the ante. Yeah. You so did I, say it right. Ante. Yeah. So a part of that for me is, you know, is looking at, you know, kind of my ideal sort of home that I'd like to. You know, at some point in the future, live in. And so I came across anyway with somebody else, this like property that they showed me. And we went to view it um, over the weekend there in person. And oh yeah. my goodness, you, I could just feel it. I mean, I said, you know, that not only would I love for my future property to be a certain kind of style, to have that lovely kind of country setting you know um kind of isolated but not completely to mm. be of i could have a stone property that would be amazing uh, on its own land with kind of wildflowers and a body of water of some kind i.e lake river stream not the not the ocean but that kind of setting anyway this property was presented to me and we went to go and see it then and oh my goodness and then we had a look at the pictures because it's for sale of the inside. And I'm so manifesting that and so want to feel that, that I'm actually mm. currently arranging a viewing of this property because I feel so strongly that while that's not, that property is not for me right now, it's definitely going to be in the next 10 years. And so in the future, for me, yeah. oh, 100%. And so for me this year, kind of like, you know, I've been kind of on a journey in the last sort of four or five years of like, you know, kind of finding myself with like, what am I into? What do I like? What do I not like? You know, I thought, oh, do I like pottery? I don't know. I took up pottery. Love it. You know, recently it's been like, I want to try canoeing. So I'm going to do that. Oh, and, wow. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, kind of like, you know, it's just me trying, I, I just really feel very strongly this year that this is my year of really manifesting. And that in itself, there's something very kind of healing and cleansing and clearing and kind of a, a flow that comes with that, you know, like a bit like a bubbling stream. It sort of, you know, keeps going and you don't really know what I, direction, but yeah. I think that's very smart because Jody, you know, well, isn't that also why I guess January is always kind of aside from the new year's resolutions, which I never make new year's resolutions. Cause I think they're, I yeah. can't be art. Like I'm not going to be any more spurred into action just because of the anticlimactic. We counted down from 10 and now it's a new day and a new year. This is a new, I write a new date. 
nothing really much has changed. You know, I think if you're going to change your mindset and change your life, you can do it at any time and any moment right there, you make the decision. So I don't need to make resolutions. I think that's a little naff that nothing against anyone who makes them, but I just personally don't. Um, but, uh, but of course I am ridiculous and I did eat my 12 grapes, which is a very Latin uh, custom. <laughs> you eat your 12, you eat your 12 grapes. It originated in Spain. And of course it made its way over to South America and Mexico city. And, and, uh, you eat 12 grapes on new year's Eve, uh, or new year's day, uh, one for each month for good luck. And of course, wasn't I, didn't I take a package of grapes to the boyfriend's <laughs> house? And I was like, eat your grapes. I was like, no, no. <laughs> eat your grape, you know? And I was chasing the kids, pelting grapes at all the kids going, just eat a couple, just eat a couple. It's fiber. Come on. You like to poop. Uh, no, I'm getting very off topic here. No, I don't, I don't make resolutions. I ate my damn grapes. I am a little bit superstitious. I'm not really, but eh, sure. Why not? It's fun. But I, I, you know, I get that that January is why people set resolutions and they start diets and they start looking towards starting a new business or whatever it is, because that's that kind of that clean slate. So where you're sitting here manifesting things and thinking about things and visualizing goals and all that, I think that I just think that's extraordinarily healthy. I mean, and it's a good way to beat the doldrums and beat the January blues. Like I have something to look forward to. I'm planning, you know, well, I'm, I'm setting intentions. Absolutely. You know, just, nothing wrong with that. No, I, I wouldn't be into sort of uh, the, you know, the, the New Year's resolutions either, but I'm just setting intentions. And I think, you know, I think that, you know, because we know January is a tough month, it's like, okay, what, what nice things, as you said, what nice things can we do? And it's like, you know, looking at a property that I'd love to live in and just, just walking around that property. I mean, I'll have to make up some sort of crap to the estate agents, but, you know, just to sit in that house, I mean, I'm even going as bold as I emailed them to see, can I get, can I get it as an Airbnb for a night? <laughs> Just so I wow. Can... Oh, yeah. Well, well, now the owner would have to register with Airbnb and stuff, but that's not yeah. a bad idea. Like if she, I mean, honestly, if, if you have a property and you're lo looking to sell it, yeah. If, if things were a bit slow, that's actually a really good idea register well, it on airbnb this is also yeah. for sale by the way come and try it out for a weekend see yeah. how you like it this property this property's been on the market for a while it's an amazing property if i could buy it now i would but i just want to feel myself in it and you know i just want to feel myself sorry go ahead i couldn't let it go sorry <laughs> oh sorry you just sorry. have to go there you just have to go there no i'm sorry so I give you a laugh, actually. In my little tiny pottery class that I was in, uh, that I started, I wouldn't mind. The pottery class started in, I have to think what month now. It was February, was it? Yes, of 2020. And then obviously with the pandemic, it got halted. So I got like two classes in and then it got stalled. And it started up just before Christmas there. And sitting beside a girl in the pottery class, I don't know. Oh, I'll tell you how it came up. The tutor asked, was there any good programs to watch? And I said, oh, sex education is great. <laughs> right. Now, just because it's kind of funny and I like it, and I really like the mum in it, Jean. She's very, uh, I can kind of identify with her to some degree, but I just like her. She's kind of wacky. 
But oh, I anyway, haven't seen but, this. I'm going to have to view it now to see how alike you are to oh, her. Yeah, oh. go on. <laughs> oh, you have to watch it. But anyway, but anyway, on that topic, the girl beside me says, oh, did you know there's a sex shop up in... <laughs> oh, Jody, let's buy it. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Let's buy it. Let's just be like, uh, what is it? The two old broads, uh, Grace and Frankie, and selling oh, vibrators. I think the closest I ever got to a sex shop was actually in Dublin. And I went to go to a guy, I can't think of his name, Christian something, I think it was. And he was like a medium, you know, fortune teller or something like that. And he was in a building underneath Miss Fantasia's, which is in, which is a sex shop in Dublin. That's the closest. I've, I've actually never been in one. Have you been in one? <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> Who are you talking to? For fuck's sake. But okay. Uh, even like, Catherine, are you serious, you silly bitch? <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, God damn. I mean, talk about telling on yourself my peals of laughter. But I mean, Gina, like, honestly it, like I like if you ask me Liz what do you want to be when you grow up like you know that career path not take and I'm like dominatrix like, <laughs> seriously, like why why don't I have a whip and I, why aren't I yelling at men to like paint my toenails and getting paid for it like you know like honestly but, yes you could say i've been in a sex shop before i don't know if you ever watched this episode but i love um first dates and i remember a couple of years i love ago, that show i'm addicted to that show but just i nearly you know, do you know what hang on sorry let me just tell you this real yeah. quick i don't know if i told you this last year but when you goaded me into the online dating yeah i had a bunch of friends uh say um <clears throat> um to me that I when first dates Ireland was taking and then they opened up for applications so I did no I think I put myself like on a waiting list to be contacted for when they opened I was like that would be that was like that would be great crack like I didn't expect to meet anyone on first but I just thought sure it couldn't hurt my comedy career that would be fun as hell you know and and you know why not life is short and then well then and then I met you know my sweetie pie so I kind of when they did email me a couple months, uh, I think it was, oh, I don't know. It was early last year, February, March. They emailed me and I was like, no, thank you. You know, I didn't respond back at all. But I was this close to being on first dates. Just, just oh, you know, really? my claim to fame. Yeah, well. <laughs> thank fuck I didn't have to go on first dates, Jody. Can you imagine? It would have been an absolute fucking train wreck. Anyway, sorry, my oh. love. Go on. You love first dates. Yeah, well, anyway, this, this one a couple of years ago. Um. I think she was in her maybe late fifties, early sixties, and I, I now I'm probably not getting this hundred percent right, but basically, she told her story to this guy that because he asked her what she did for a living, and basically what happened was her marriage had ended, and she had never worked within the marriage, so she had no mm -hmm. job, and she still had a couple of you know not babies in the house, but younger, let's say older children, let's say or older teenagers, and no income. And the ex-husband mm. cut her off, you know. So anyway, so she went into the depths of depression for about six months, she said. And then the, one of the daughters said, you know, mom, you need to get a grip, blah, blah, blah. And she didn't know what to do. Now, I can't remember how she fell into this, but she went on and did um, 
yeah, some sort of dominatrix of some kind. Oh, and wait a minute. Was she an older woman in the UK with dark hair, black hair? Yeah, yeah. She well, was like 63 and she was a yeah. dominatrix, like starting yeah. in her 50s. Yes, I saw that episode. I love her. <laughs> well, I, you know, I did as well. I kind of thought, do you know what? If If she was brave enough to do that, to find herself an income, to be able to support herself, and she more than did that, you know, without having to, there was no sex involved. So there was, you know, it, it, it was just what she was doing. But I just thought, isn't that amazing? It, like, you know, wouldn't that like not inspire you to do that, but just to kind of go how resilient, you know, women can mm. be, how resilient people can be when their back is up against the wall and not in a nice <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I just thought that was absolutely <laughs> You know, I love the way we've kind of gone in from like Christmas to like now dominatrix, but you know, oh, well, well. I'm in a very fucking good mood now, Jody. Oh. I mean, honestly, <laughs> well, you know what? If nothing else, you certainly couldn't stay depressed with me. You know, uh, I will tip in on those things like, you know, he's the best things like sliced bread, and all I could think of was what kind of sliced bread are we talking about? Batch? That's the thing, you know, that's the things I didn't see that coming. Is that you? Oh. You know, I'm I'm the stand up and oh whatever, but you've got such a a funny bone that sneaks up out of nowhere. You absolutely floored me, you evil bitch. <laughs> oh. oh, do you know? I think remind you- me never to sit next to you at a funeral. <laughs> oh, I am the boldest bitch. I have to say at funerals, but I just think you know. Look, I don't know where I got it from. I mean, you know, my mom was certainly a very um, strong person in her life. You know, she always had kind of a, a get up uh, kind of go attitude now she didn't really have much of a sense of humor and um, wasn't a very funny person and would often take offense to things that were very clearly funny so she didn't mm. really you know have that kind of like lightness um about her but she certainly had a very strong um kind of um pot like i don't know what the word positive is right but just a strong you know come on and like a pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of let's go let's go yeah and I think what I do resiliency yeah she was very resilient yes and I think you know I think I kind of took that and her lack of maybe lightness to some degree and put my own slant on it and so I just think that you know what are you going to do you know when when life throws stuff at you you know you're either going to roll over and allow it to consume you like a tidal wave, or you're going mm. to kind of you're going to get up and fight harder and try and embrace life for all the good and all the bad, and and realize that we be, we need the balance of the two. You know, it, like life just wouldn't work if we had all of one or the other. And you know, and when I think when sometimes when you kind of know that, it can just bring like a, a lightness um, where you just kind of, you know, try and flow a bit more like a stream where you don't always know where you're going, but you know, you're constantly moving and flowing. So, well, that's just it is unfortunately the sad part of life is that, yeah, we do, we do have to have the, the, the lulls yeah. and the downtime and the dark moments. And unfortunately, because we yeah. just, yeah, like you were saying, you have to have balance. I'm going to wrap up the podcast with this quote, Jody, that I'm about to completely <laughs> um, but I believe it was Winston Churchill who said 
that success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. I like and that. I like that too. I think I actually got it. We'll see when I Google it after the podcast. But uh, yeah, I think that that uh, is a lot of people right now. So if we can just find something, dig deep, uh, find something to look forward to, something to work towards, something to focus on, try to keep our sense of humor and try to keep our enthusiasm. And a big part of it too is telling your friends and family and yourself, you know, I'm just not able for this today. I'm going to put this down for now. I don't have it to give, but, you know, maybe in a couple of days I can revisit it. And we're going to have to keep doing this to get through this fucking bullshit pandemic. And hopefully once we are on the other side of it, maybe then the roaring 20s will roar back and we'll all be looking at uh, becoming dominatrix. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, Jody, it's something to think about. (laughs) Well, I've got a strong feeling that I, you know, that for you and me, that this is our year. Yeah. You can't say that. It's like pouring water on a gremlin, Jody. You just just fucking said it after midnight. (laughs) I just said it. It's our year. It's going to be amazing. All right. You know what? I agree with you. Fuck it. It's our year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, wrapping up from County Louth and County Wicklow, thank you, our 38 listeners and the one girl in the UK who loves us for joining us on a Mosaic podcast (laughs) with the, the amount of bullshit that we talk about on this show. It's absolutely flabbergasting that we don't have a ton of sponsors yet. Maybe I should say fuck less often. Thank you so much, my darling cousin. We'll do one soon. Love you, girl. All right. Love you too. Good night, y'all. Bye.